Pelvic Posse, and welcome to the Empower Your Pelvis podcast. It's Amanda Fisher. I've helped thousands of people with pelvic floor issues, and it's totally my jam. Here, you can listen to expert interviews encompassing all things related to pelvic health. That's pee, poop, sex, and everything in between. You have a pelvic floor. Yes, you. We all do. And it's time to start talking about these issues that arise, but more importantly, how to improve them. I am so glad you are here to join us. Now let's head into this week's episode of the Empower Your Pelvis podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Empower Your Pelvis podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Amanda Fisher. Today, I am super excited to bring on somebody I've been dying to get on here for quite some time. This is Amber Carden. She is my little sister from the same mister. And she's a PT up in the state of Minnesota around Minneapolis, St. Louis Park. Yeah. All right. So we have her on here today because she is a mobile PT practice up there. So what that means is that she can go home to home, go to different locations instead of you guys going to like a brick and mortar practice, which is amazing. And she's got a very niche down population that I see definitely growing up here around our Kansas City area. So we're here to talk about it. Amber, introduce yourself. Tell us who you are and your, your story. All right. So she kind of already gave me the introduction. My name's Amber Carden. I have my doctorate in physical therapy, but then I have really specialized down into lymphatic therapy. So I got my certification. I'm Lana certified as well on top of that initial certification. So what does that mean? Yeah. All right. So a CLT, <laughs> it means you are a certified lymphatic therapist. PT school, I think it's the same for women's health. Like we don't get taught anything about lymphatic therapy in PT school. Zero. Okay. Zilch. And say so I was I'm a little bit younger, so seven years behind. We got a two-hour lecture, so at least it wasn't zero. On limp? Yeah. Wow. I think we had a 45-minute, and whoever was in my class, I could be totally wrong, 45-minute presentation, and then we took the fabric and practiced wrapping each other. That's good. We did not do that. It was a straight-up lecture. Okay. Although one of your previous students back in the day, she actually came back for like a special like two-hour lecture or more of like to a lab. Additional. To do, yes. To do Very wrapping. cool. It was cool. But again, not much time. So to get certified as a CLT, you actually do like an additional 140 hours. A lot of that is online nowadays. They do a hybrid. But then it was still, I went down to St. Louis for... So you were down there for like nine days. It was. It was nine days. And I've been in with the parents for nine days. <laughs> Love mom, you, mom. I was say, mom is happy. <laughs> it was 10 hour days though too. So you got your 90 hours of hands-on treatment and therapy there. I'm not going to lie. I feel like that is a better option than the online world because you got to touch. And yeah. Yes. And especially with lymph, like when you're wrapping the compression, yeah. there's so much pull and so much pressure yeah. that you get a chance in person to actually fix and get feedback. Yeah. And on online, I feel like it could be a little challenging. No. no yeah. Because in 2020, obviously with COVID and everything, they were trying even to do a yeah. online and they ultimately decided like it's not going to count because you have to go through the in-person. Yeah. And even in in-person, like it takes a while to figure it out. So I was lucky enough to have some really good mentors and they were very patient with me because I could not wrap initially a figure eight pattern. It took a lot. And then now I could do it easily blindfolded. Ooh, let's test this out. I think this we should. Yeah, that would be fun. amazing. Yeah. I think a reel is coming. No, I feel pretty confident. <laughs> <laughs> then I'll try to wrap an ankle Yeah, and you can wrap a leg. Okay. When's the last time you've wrapped an ankle? It's been a long time. Yeah. Okay. 
<laughs> so you'll probably win. <laughs> but yeah, so I got certified in that. The LANA certification, all it means is that I took this long standardized test. They don't tell you hardly at all what's on it, but I passed it. So that's what counts. Yeah, gosh. It's, they're not fun. No, <laughs> I hate them. I hate them too. Practical stink. And they scare me. They like take you back in time and you like start sweating. We had a very long maiden last name, Minimeyer. It's like 10 initials long. I'm sure there are longer ones out there. Yeah. But by the time the test would start, you're still filling in your bubbles for your name. Again, it's come a long way. That's good. It's, oh, is it online now? <laughs> you, don't, you don't bubble things in anymore. Good to know. That is dating me once again. Yeah. So... You're 29. I'm 36. Yes. That is correct. Yeah. Okay, cool. I had to double check that. I had too. I, you know, you hit your 30s and you forget how old you are. So anywho, moving on from that, right. tests are now done online. We now know that yes. on computers and instant feedback, which is also lovely. That is lovely. Yeah. So now I treat mobily. So I get to see clients in their own homes with that lymphatic certification, primarily seeing two different populations one being like your post-breast cancer population. So they have a lot of swelling. Also, people just aren't trained in exactly what happens in breast cancer. Like, again, that's not a thing that we talk about in PT school. No. So that's been a really strong area that I really enjoy. I love my ladies. They're so fun. Um, How can we get that out to more breast cancer survivors? Because yeah, in our field, we're getting them to come in after they've seen us on social media and then they're like, oh, I'm having this issue with bladder or I can't have pain with intercourse. And after I went to the sexual health conference in St. Louis a month ago, found out like breast cancer survivors are the number one, like with radiation that should be given dilators in our world for pain with intercourse. And we're not doing that. There's a huge disconnection. Yes. The providers are handing them. And this is not maybe all providers, but this is the providers that we're talking at this course. They're given a brown paper sack with one dilator, one size only in them. And we have dilators here that are based of silicone. They're given the cheap plastic ones with a PDF and that's it. And so what they found is 5% of these people are following up with exercises for their public floor after given this. Well, yes, because nobody went over how you're supposed to work a dilator and nobody's there checking up follow-up. So then we have these young breast cancer survivors coming in here. Mm-hmm. None of them are really talking about going into a lymphedema therapist either. So I would love to figure out how can we merge both of those together. But yeah, yeah. so how do they hear about you? Well, I was going to say, honestly, just like taking back and off that, I met with a local to me. So up in Minneapolis, I got to meet with a surgeon. And again, I think they're all great. I think there's just a lot of information out there. And so I asked this particular surgeon, and I was like, hey, like, are you referring like after your surgeries to PT? Like, I don't even care if it's me, like do it to someone. And he was like, no, you know, only if they ask, like if they ask me, then I will. But truly who's going to ask when they don't know. If they don't, they don't even know that they don't know. Yeah. So I think I'm hoping that will go somewhere. I'm going to follow up with his PA this upcoming week, but hopefully just keep that communication going that like, no matter what, I've never walked into a client who's had breast cancer and been like, mm, you don't need me. Like, why am I here? Yeah. There's always something at even least like minimum one, one visit, but even education. Yes. If we realize like, okay, you're a really good spot where maybe you don't need me, but there's still a lot of like X, Y, and Z's that we still need to go over. Yeah. And again, I have yet, have yet to even make it one. Like I might go in there thinking one thing, like, okay, they need to get their motion back. Yeah. I'll walk in and they're perfect. Like they're what we would call 180 degrees. It's straight line, right? Beautiful. 
But then I'm looking at other things and, oh, they've got swelling in their chest. So then we're working on that. Or after the radiation, the skin gets really tight. We've got to work on getting that skin moving around again. So yeah. again, definitely highly needed, just trying to educate people as much as I can. So if you're listening and you yourself are not a breast cancer survivor, but you have friends or family who are going through this, please pass on this video or at least pass on the information for them to check that out. Because I feel like that would be very beneficial coming from you. And if you are going through this, definitely reach out to this gal because she's got some things. I mean, even virtual coaching where maybe she can check out and see range of motion and things. But we'll get into more on how you can find her later on. So stick around. Yeah. Okay. So breast cancer, what other kind of patients? Yeah. So the other area that I really have dove into is my post-plastic surgery clients. Post-plastic surgery clients. That's a mouthful. Sorry. <laughs> Cosmetic surgery, plastic <laughs> surgery, however you want to say it. But really, a lot of it, I would say mainly is you're going to be your tummy tucks, any lipo. Really big trend right now I'm seeing is butt lifts. Oh my God, I just heard about these Brazilian butt lifts. You just heard about them? Yes. Again, I'm old. Okay. (laughs) That a friend of a patient of ours went down to Miami. Oh gosh. Okay. To have a Brazilian butt lift. They have good plastic surgery in Miami. Yeah. Well, she had an infection. Oh, terrible. And apparently it's a really high risk of infection for these things. Okay. So not necessarily the butt lifts, but like a BBM, BBL. There you go. There you go. That's what it is. Okay. Okay. So not necessarily what I say, like, Ooh, if you get a BBL, you're going to get an infection. However, I mean, it's more just like, it's bigger than that. Like it's not the particular BBL. It's any plastic surgery. So like, Hey, treating seems like all my tummy tucks this week, they all have an infection. So they've got it either in their belly button, they've got it like an incision down low where they're actually like, you know, making those incision lines to get the skin to shrink down really anywhere that the surgeon has Mm. cut open or even if it's just from like the drains being in that's where I'm seeing a lot of infections so that's where I'm coming in because these physicians all they know is to right now to put gauze on it and that's not always a the quickest way we can make a wound happy right and to get it healed but b also bringing me in so that I can start the lymphatic massage because that's also going to improve our immune system help get that infection cleared out Oh, wow. Okay. So how soon after a tummy tuck, we'll go with that one first. Are you seeing patients? Ideally. Okay. So this varies. Every surgeon is a little bit different. Okay. Okay. And primarily I'm getting it from referrals from my plastic surgeons. Okay. Ideally in my perfect world, I'd like to see them post-op day two. So you have surgery on Wednesday. I'd probably like to see you on Friday for my first one. That's kind of like us in PT. Like if we think like a C-section or tearing vaginally, or hysterectomy, we would love to see that too. But docs are still like six weeks. Nope, can't do anything for six weeks. Can't see you in there. But we want the body to start functioning well again. And those people most often aren't, I don't know, I could be wrong about tummy tucks because I don't know what tummy tuck, but a C-section within that first 24 hours, they have to go to standing and start walking. Sure. So a lot of them been there a couple of times are bearing down, (laughs) bracing that pain to get up. And that's causing a lot more harm issues, dysfunction, that if we can get in there soon, hopefully we can help guide the body back to functioning properly. No, I do hate that. Like after you deliver a child, you're not seeing your provider until six weeks after six weeks. And we've even talked a lot of time. Yeah. We've talked with our providers. Like we need to be seeing them sooner. We're not doing an internal exam. We truly need to get the tissue talking. Right. Um, So yeah. Yeah. So luckily, I was gonna say my plastic surgeons have so far been really great. They're letting me get in as quick as like two days after. I have other friends here down in Texas and they in the hospital. No. Okay. Sorry. No. Nope. So they're back home. Okay. Yep. 
But yeah, I have friends down south where they say like their surgeons are more conservative. And so they're not seeing them until, yeah, that like three, if they're like on a good time, like three weeks after, normally like six weeks after. But I want to get in there because you're swollen and we need to get that fluid off of you. Yeah. We had a tummy tech patient on our schedule recently, but with a hernia repair. Yeah. So that one, um, the docs didn't want us to see her until she's six weeks. Yes. Hope stop. Okay. Well, for lymphatic, I would say give her to me. Right. So I'm, I want them because they are swollen. Now, are we going to do anything super involved with the abdominal muscles? No, because it's not appropriate. But as far as moving fluid, when you're moving fluid, it's very superficial. It's, I'm going to take your hand. Okay. So you are just using this top layer of your skin really to get at the lymphatics. You're not going down into the muscle or bone layer. And that's why she's completely appropriate. I, cause I, again, I said, like, I have one with a hernia repair as well right now. And we got on it right away. And her fluid is so much better. It, I got to see her on like a Friday. I got to come back and see her on a Monday. It was significantly improved. Her Amazing. infections were improving as well. It was awesome. Beautiful. So yeah. What about liposuction? Love liposuction. No, how soon are you seeing them? I <laughs> <laughs> love it. It's great. Again, I'm pretty much trying to see anybody <clears throat> two days after. Okay. Yeah. And then your, even your Brazilian butt lifts. You've yeah. actually seen these patients? Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. They need it. I know, but I just found out this was a thing. And, and then my so brain is like, huh, they go have that done. But then when it, what if you go back to the gym and you want to start working on your glutes and like your squatting? Does yeah, it get even yet. bigger? Like, um, well, if you didn't have any muscle, yeah, because you're going to add muscle to it because they're adding fat, right? So for a BBL, oh. what they're doing is it's kind of, I don't know, it's just a unique procedure, which it just depends on the look you're going for, right? So some people are going to love this. Some people are going to hate it. That's the beauty of plastic surgery. You get to choose what you want. So for a BBL, they're taking their liposuctioning, the fat typically out of your abdomen. Some people choose to do more. So they'll do what's called a lipo 360. They're doing the abdomen. They're doing the sides. They're doing their back. Some ladies will even go down into their thighs, right? Okay. Okay. Then they are taking that and they're implanting it back into their glutes. What if you have more on one side than the other? On your glutes? I don't know. Like more fat on one side of your body. Does your butt get, they just suck it from other places? You're, this is a Do you know question. how like detailed surgeons are? I know. They're so detail oriented. They're going to make it look perfect. Okay. Unless you are that person who wants one butt cheek bigger than the other. I'm sure if you put that special request in, they will do it for you. But again, like I, I had a client probably like two weeks ago. And so I'm taking down her information on the phone. And she's like... Yep. So I got lipo in the thighs and I got lipo in my glutes area. Right. And I was like, oh, so you got it added. Like you did the BBL. And she's like, no, I'm like, no, I got to read it out. And I was like, oh, okay. Just check in <laughs> the trend right now. That's it's the opposite. So again, it just varies on what you want for your body. Okay. Yeah. Crazy. It's super cool. So with the tummy tucks, mm-hmm. so why might somebody go move towards a tummy tuck? Because here, like 10 years ago, it was really looked at as a negative thing. Like, oh, she had a tummy tuck. Like, you know, we see this a lot with like moms who carry multiple kids, like twins and triplets, or even like myself, like cesarean moms who maybe we got sewn up a little differently, or we have extra fat pads on one side. Like, are you, what are the reasons why people are having the tummy tucks that you're hearing? Yeah. I mean, just for clients over this past week, it's mainly uh, that extra skin, right? So they're not feeling confident in their bodies. They don't feel like it looks the way that they feel like they should look. Yeah. And they've right. tried. 
exercises, not all of them. Well, you've got to think too, like genetics plays a large role. So your skin, if it gets stretched out, some people and age too, but depending on your genetics, sometimes that skin goes right back. Other people, it doesn't. And it's not your fault. You're doing nothing wrong. It's just good old genetics. Hmm. Yeah. So mainly like we have one has had four kiddos, one of those, like in between those two are twins. And so she noticed that like, it was just the skin was pulling down at the bottom, wanted to fix that, got that. But yeah, pretty much it's just, it doesn't feel normal to them and they're wanting it to correct it. That's what we've seen. Like the way people are perceiving themselves, Mm -hmm. that does not match. Mm -hmm. And that disconnect is really hard to take on that they're not who they feel like they should be or when they look in the mirror. That's what we've seen in our clinic. One of my favorite things is after like, okay, because... The downside of getting these surgeries is the same downside of any surgery. You're going to swell. All right. So people are getting these surgeries to get that look, but you don't have that look immediately because you're swollen. All this lymphatic fluid is pulling. So after I get to like work with them for like one session, maybe two sessions, but sometimes even after one, it's really fun for me because they come out and they're like, I tried on new clothes today or I tried on my old clothes, but they feel better. Or like I wanted to go shopping today. Like it's just, I love the joy. Yeah. What's a common misconception? Anatomy text. What we would just have said, honestly. Okay. I don't know if there's any more to that. I don't know. I can sure I can come up with some more, but it's okay. I would say just the like the fear and the doubt in it. Like my client last week, she said, you know, I cheated. Like I haven't, I'm not telling anybody about this. Oh man, no. Yeah. She's like, so my husband knows, but like, no, I'm not telling my best friends. I'm telling him I have lipo, but I'm not telling him I had a tummy tuck. It is funny you say that because we see a lot of patients that it's not listed on their intake paperwork. Sure. It's not. And then where we're like people undress from the waist down. Mm -hmm. So we're working on the pelvic floor. I always go up to the abdominal tissue because maybe they're coming in for bladder, bowel issues. We got to get through that on the abdomen. Mm -hmm. And so we put the gown down back at the waist. You pull the gown down off of their belly and down to their like pubic bone area. And you're like, did you have a tummy tuck or did, did you have a surgery that you forgot to mention in your paperwork or the whole time we've talked or the last whatever time frame that we've had together? And they're like, oh yeah, I had a tummy tuck. I don't tell people about it. And you're like, this stuff I need to know because that can really play into like it all this your anatomy. Oh my gosh. And that's like, okay, when did your bladder symptoms start again? Oh, very close to when we had a tummy tuck. Mm-hmm. Bowel, when we had a tummy tuck, pain with intercourse. So much of it correlates that we've got to get in there and work that tissue mm-hmm. again, lymphatically or for us, all the deeper layers underneath of it that we're like, that is huge. You've got to tell your providers when this stuff is happening because- if not, we are in our brains trying to put puzzles together and we're waiting for that missing piece. So be open and be vocal, please. Which for some reason sparks my brain too. I would say things like going into a tummy tuck that people aren't aware of, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes, yes. Because you and I have talked about this. Yeah. So I'd say my top two, one, that it, it's like a legit surgery. Okay. So they come off and they think they're going to be able to go back to work in two days. I'm like, you really probably don't want to do that. It's like when we say a C-section is major abdominal surgery, so is a tummy tuck. Yeah. It's not as major, right? So you've got seven layers for your surgery. C-sections, right? Where really, they're just staying on that like fatty tissue layer, right? Yeah. So for a tummy tuck, you're not going into the muscle. But the scars, like... That would be my number two. 75% around your body. Maybe not that It depends on the surgeon. Okay. If you're interested in getting a tummy tuck, Mm -hmm. this is what I would start asking your plastic surgeon, just so you're aware. What is your recovery expected to be like? Right. What I want them to say. 
what do I want them to say? Yeah. Like, I don't want them honest. to say two days. Okay. <laughs> That's good. It's more of what I don't want. I don't want them to be like, you can go back to work tomorrow because you, you wouldn't have fun. We'll put it that way. It's not fun. I'd say for most people, probably like one to two weeks. And then finally there's at least like at the end of that two week mark, they're starting to move more normal, but I'm still, yeah. Seeing people are just like walk in a little bit more stiff because they're not, they don't have their full mobility back. And you can't go back to exercise till eight weeks. You can start walking right away. Okay. I'll take the walking. Yeah. I like walking because it's going to move your lymphatic flow. Correct. Okay. I love that as well. But yeah. And then I would ask about the scar. So what should I expect my incision to look like? Where should I expect that scar to be located? If I were doing this in the future for myself, I would want to have a lower scar from what I know from just the cosmetic appearance. Now, if your surgeon says, no, for these other reasons, I want to go higher, you know, take that into consideration as well. But I would under like swimming suit bottoms. Exactly. I would want it to be under my bikini line. Because again, if you're getting that tummy tuck, you want to show off like you're going to want to rock that bikini like you can. So I would want it a little bit lower just so that it's not being seen by the world because I much as I do want you to say, go out and tell everybody you had a tummy tuck, like feel empowered by it. I don't need people like seeing it at the beach. Yeah. Right. I can get that. Yeah. And then one other thing, how you had phrased it to me before, it's like, mm-hmm. they feel like they've been hit <laughs> by a bus, which is exactly what you say about a season. It is. It does. Like, it feels like you've been run over. And this isn't for everyone, but that's the way my body, maybe because I didn't think it was going to be such a hard recovery. Yeah. And that seems to be the same way with the tummy tucks, like especially the ones I think you've said that have had a C-section, like it might've been a little bit harder. Yeah. And we've kind of talked about like, well, the kids are older, you want to be more active. Like you don't really have that downtime to like sleep when baby's sleeping Mm because your kids are up and moving. Yeah. And if they've got like, if they've had a hernia or something... You can't carry your little baby, right? It's too much weight. The other thing, this isn't tummy tuck, but for the BBLs that we were referring to, just because this, I don't know, is where my brain is going. The other big thing, like with people wanting to go back to work, like you can't sit on that BBL. (gasps) How do you pee on the toilet or poop? I mean, you can do it, but like you don't want to sit down, right? Like, I think I would almost want to pee with one of those like mainstreams or journey. Yeah, that's really popular. Yes. Yep. You're correct. The funnels. The funnels. Yes. Yeah. But you don't like thinking about like your commute. So if you are commuting into work, driving, yeah, whatever, however you're doing it, you're sitting most likely. You don't want to do that for like 40 minutes of a commute after a BBL right away. You'll eventually be able to, obviously, but I wouldn't want to do it right away. Take some time off. Save up your PTO. Yes. Yes. Or there are quite a few um, people who fly into Minneapolis to get these surgeries too. To fly home. Yeah. So they got to fly home. So just making sure that you allow yourself enough recovery time in Minneapolis or wherever you're flying to so that you can tolerate the flight home. Interesting. I know, right? Fascinating. Yes. I did not know we were talking about BBLs today. I I was just going to slide it in. You did. And then lose some shock and excitement at the same time. Well, now that you know what it is too, right? We got to talk about it. So because this is a newer thing, how are you going about like explaining the benefits of physical therapy and seeing these clients? Mm -hmm. I mean basically what I've been saying, right? Like you want this, you want to have lymphatic therapy after these surgeries because you're swollen and our bodies are not meant to hold excess fluid. When you have this extra fluid on you, you're more prone to getting an infection. And that's why when I'm coming into these clients and I, they like haven't been seen by me or another lymphatic therapist 
or two weeks, they do have infections. Mm -hmm. Whereas I think if they had been seen earlier, they wouldn't have these infections, or at least we would have got things moving quicker. So that is my reason for really wanting to be in this field is to keep people out of the hospital, keep the infection rate down. But then also, like I'd say my clients more so want it because they're trying to get those results as quick as they can. It's fascinating. How often are you seeing your clients and for how long? How often? So again, my perfect world versus what happens, right? So my perfect world, I would like to see them initially more upfront and then we'll taper it, taper it down. So I'd like to see them like four times in the first week. Okay. You are super swollen that first week. So I really want to get it out. Yeah. And then I'd say next week, then you're going down to like three times a week, two times a week following after that. And then one, 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 usually it's around six weeks. If people are doing great, like, I don't know, I'm not going to keep you either. So if you're just rocking it, then maybe we get done in three weeks and that's great too. But usually I'd say that's my ideal. More often what people are more comfortable with, I think just from a schedule purpose of it is they like to just do two times a week for six weeks. Yeah. Yeah. So So go big in the beginning, taper off if you can. Yeah. Get that fluid off of you fast. I like it. Yeah. Keep you healthy. Um, Do you have any compression garments that they can wear afterwards like to support themselves? Yeah. Okay. So for your tummy tuck, or even if you just got lipo, you, I'd say especially lipo probably for this one, I would look into what's called a faja. So it's F-A-J-A. Oh. It basically, it's going to compress you from like right under your breast all the way down through your vagina area. And then a little bit, like if it's a really good one, it's going to even go a little bit into like more of like a, a boy short area. Yep. Right. So because you're going to swell there. I will say they are nice because they'll have like a little slit in them so that you can urinate out of them. Just be a little cautious with that because sometimes people will swell there. Yeah. So yeah. So I was thinking the labia kind of popping out like little catamarans. That would be very uncomfortable. Right. For most of my lipo clients, they don't complain of that. Okay. But it can happen. Yeah. So I just like to warn them the first visit that I get to see them that, hey, if you start to get some swelling, a really easy way to try to fix that is just put a little maxi pad where that hole is. And that way you get some compression there that's still comfortable. It's still biscuit in. Yeah. And it's sterile. I don't know what it is. Yeah. Well, you think like the can of the biscuits and, you know, if you pop it open, it's funny. to come out. Yeah. I don't know. Put the biscuit back in. I don't know. I don't know why that just came to my head. I was just going to go with it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Biscuits. Yeah. Okay. All right. So we're going to have to have her back on sometime. It won't be oh, there's so much more to talk I know. About. I feel like we could really dive into this. So we'll yeah. have a part two with Amber back on. But before we leave, Great. please, and then we'll get into tell us where we can find you. But tell us something that you are doing, learning, or teaching. Okay. It can be all three or it could be one. Gosh. Teaching. You're doing I- workshops. I'm more so just like online. So teaching Amazing. my like breast cancer ladies about how much movement they should have. There's things called courting. So there's a whole thing we didn't even get into this podcast. I feel like we're going to have to come back and be like, today we're talking breast cancer oncology patients. Tomorrow yeah. we're going to talk tummy tucks, probably BBLs and lipos. Yeah. Multiple. Learning. I'm in like three weeks from now, but maybe less, maybe more like two. I'm going to go out to LA a really big hub for plastic surgery, right? So amazing. Yeah, I'm gonna hop over there um, and learn some more hop about on a flight, basically, yeah. and go learn some more about what are some common ways to treat post plastic surgery. So see what other people are doing out in the nation. Because so what types of new plastics are you gonna get information on or education on? Your everything, anything you could do. So it's gonna be about your face. Yeah, okay. yeah. So any like facial, like a nose job, 
Um, Please. I broke mine so many times, I feel like. Yeah. Okay. They have so many tricks. It's fascinating. Okay. But it's going to be like, I think there's like just two days of that are just on the face. And then the rest of the time. So like the next four days are all over the body. Boobs, but yeah. Back and belly. Yeah. These are a lot of thighs and thighs. Yep. Okay. Yep. I can't wait. I'm We're going to have to set one up for after that. Or maybe while you're out there, while you're excited. No, I think, yeah, it's going to be busy. Yeah. We'll do it. It's going to be just like that other lymphatic course I took where it's like 10 hour days. That's a lot. Yeah. But it's Uh, great. So that's learning. Yep. Teaching. Basically doing. Do you want to say anything on doing? Just my... I'm just going into clients' homes, helping them. It's nice because it's their comfort area. And she's joining me. Oh, yeah. In a couple months, couple weeks in Florida months. at a healthcare event. So she's coming to learn herself some business tricks, support her big sis. I hope so. And uh, just have a grand old time. So we can link that below too for any healthcare providers that are listening. Yes. Yeah. For anybody who's out in healthcare, I think definitely take a peek at this because it's going to change your life if you want it to. Yeah. Um, I went in 2021, two years ago, and that's exactly how I say it. It has changed my life. I will be speaking there on Thursday on marketing and then hopefully some other time throughout that weekend as well. And then we can hang out. You can hang out with her and I. Yeah. If you get VIP on a boat cruise, I think there's a dinner option um, or just in between on like intermissions. We're fun. Yeah. If you're going, if you want to start your own business. If you're even, even if it's not a thought, but now you're like, oh, you planted a seed. It's worth looking into. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Well said. Amber, tell us where they can find you. Okay. Yeah. So I'd say I am the most active on Instagram. It's at ribbon.rehab. So ribbon, R-I-B-B-O-N dot period. Rehab, R-E-H-A-B. And then TikTok. TikTok, same thing. I have a website, www.ribbon dash. So hyphen rehab.com all right fabulous yeah and then you're gonna find her back on here for another empower your pelvis podcast before you go please like and subscribe to the show share with your family and friends especially if they're dealing with breast cancer oncology yeah tummy tucks brazilian butt lifts anything that we might have more swelling in any extremity she is your gal all right yeah shoot her more questions too if you have anything else that you're looking for or reach out to me on my instagram either way and all you youtubers comment below And I will make her come on and comment to those questions if I don't know how to answer them. (laughs) Perfect. All right. Take care, guys. Bye. Hey, Pelvic Posse. I want to thank you so much for joining into this week's episode of the Empower Your Pelvis podcast. Can I ask you a couple of favors, please? Number one, can you like and subscribe to this podcast so that you can continue to empower your pelvis forever so that you will never miss out? Number two, can you leave us a rating and a review telling them how amazing we are and everything that you have learned about your pelvic health? And then number three, if you haven't seen the video version of this podcast, you can go over to youtube.com forward slash C forward slash empower your pelvis for all your visual learners out there. We have all types of great visuals in there for you to not only listen to, but to also watch. Thank you so much again and make sure to give your pelvis some love until next time. Peace out pelvic posse.